Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the FPL Renegades podcast. My name is Drew and as always I'm joined by my good pal Kirk. How are you Kirk? Hi everybody. Welcome to the new episode of the FPL podcast. My name is Burks. Is it? No, it's not. It's Kirks. Kirks. <laughs> I'm joined by Drew. How are you Drew? I'm good and a little confused. <laughs> do you want to do the intro from now on? No, I just like listening to you do it and then it just makes me want to repeat it. It's actually really weird because uh, this is our first ever remote pod. Um, okay. God knows what the technology is going to sound like or how it's going to hold up. But uh, it's just weird. Usually we sit beside each other and I'm looking at you doing that and we're both laughing and it's kind of a bit of a giddy moment. But like on Zoom, it's extra weird looking at you. You're not, <laughs> you're not here beside me. I kind of feel like I'm on my own in my own house. But then you're there. Feels like work. Like this is how I like this is my normal day of work now, sitting on my computer, headset on. It feels like a more uh, legitimate podcast, though, because most pods record remotely. A lot of them do video uh, podcasts, and so they might be on YouTube, and you can see their faces side by side like ours. Like, we look like the fantasy football scout cast, which I never people, thought I'd ever say. People aren't ready for my face. Oh, no, we're not going to do that. We can see each other's faces, but nobody people else. Still, people still think I have hair and like have some sort of fashion sense with leather. No. You have a small bit of hair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll give this a go. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work. And it's just, it's just really weird seeing our two faces beside each other, even though we're usually sitting beside each other live. Yeah, I usually don't look at you, to be honest. Yeah, now it's like I can't take my eyes off you. <laughs> to see your big fucking face on my computer. So yeah, we're doing it remotely because of uh, COVID restrictions. We've been forced into uh, taking things online and following the guidelines and all that. But like Ireland has been put into the highest uh, level of restrictions for six weeks. So this could be the norm, Kirks. Circuit breaker. I ain't going to be flouting no uh, restrictions. Yeah, me, Hall Martin after you. Exactly. So we'll, uh, we'll try it like this. Now, it's a, it's a bad week to have to do it remotely because it was one of my best weeks ever. So I'd love to be able to just look you in the eye and tell you that I crushed you this week. But I kind of am doing that now. Perceptions dropping off. What's that? You're like, all I can see is a smug emoji. And I was like, that's my actual face right now. So uh, it was a good week for you. I know it was. And they're uh, few and far between. So I'm going to lord it up this week on the pod. <laughs> So let's get stuck into FPL, as I always say, after talking shite for five minutes. And uh, we won't talk about our own weeks just yet. What stood out just in game week five as a whole? Or what are the are there any kind of hot topics and all that kind of jazz that um, you think we should talk about? I think I, think I told you this already, but like, I'll ask the question just so you can answer it. There was loads of shit happened this week. Like FPL, results, matches, VAR, all that crap. Like... I think I told you already, but what annoyed me the most? Can you remember? What annoyed you the most? No, I'm not even going to try because uh, <clears throat> there'll just be too big a gap. It's not, coming to, <laughs> it's not coming to me straight away. Greenwood. Oh, of course, of course. Greenwood. I, what is going on with Greenwood? And Ole's tetchy interview today, and he didn't bring him to Paris, and he's saying he's injured. And then like people are going like, has he been disciplined for something? And he fucking lost the plot with them. Like, where? What are your sources? Where are you getting this from? Like, that was his time to shine. And I had him all in on Greenwood. Had my vice captain. 
nearly captained them. Thank God it didn't. Oh, well, I suppose it make no difference. But I just, my mind was blown as to why that guy wasn't in the squad. There's something going on. And I still have him in my squad, so I still don't know what's going on. Is he going to be around next week? I am not a Manchester United in the know. I was as surprised as you to see him not in the team, especially with Martial suspended. Yeah. Uh, we were talking sure. about, like you said, it's his time. He's going to be playing through the middle. That's where, I think since last season, we've been saying that's where he really needs to play. He's not a, a right winger or a right forward. Um, He's actually... He's actually good enough that he does quite well out there and he's such a good finisher that he can cut in and still get goals. But can you imagine him being the, the focal point of the... Yeah, like, you know, I'm a big critic of Martial. I just don't think he's a number nine. Like, Greenwood is a number nine. and I can't wait to see him play there. And I, I just thought with Cavani not being eligible, Martial suspended. I just It was just there. Like, why isn't this happening? And then there's no real reason for him to be out. And... I suppose if you think about this, like as Liverpool fan, like all the crap that went down in the Everton game and the VAR and the injuries and Van Dijk out, I lost a couple of bets from daft fucking things. The Greenwood is still the thing that annoys me the most. And you're none the wiser now either. Like you no. don't know whether you should keep him for the weekend or what's the story. Cause he's quite expensive for one, someone who I don't think has started off the season very well. Like he's not really performing. And two, if you don't know if he's going to play like seven and a half million is quite dear. 7.3 now Andy he's dropped I a lot has he getting fucking toasted yeah okay so let's skim through the games quickly and uh, if you want to talk about Greenwood anymore we might when it gets to United we're gonna we'll skip a load of these games because they're meaningless when it comes to FPL but uh, the first game of the week was probably one of the big talking points FPL wise was the Merseyside derby yep. um, we can talk about VAR we can talk about Van Dyke's injury we can talk about the officials being absolute jokers but from an FPL point of view Salah just looks quite sharp even when he's not on it he's just he's some man for now snapshot volley these days isn't he I love that I love that goal it was just I know I said it on a F um, WhatsApp to you but it reminded <laughs> me of that Wayne Rooney goal I don't know why like it's not really like it in terms of technique or anything but it just seemed like a go fuck yourself kind of like <laughs> kick at the goal it's like the ball comes to him he's like fuck off and just smashed it into the goal Remember, I like, like that, that the Rooney one where like he was giving it to the ref and he turned yeah. around and the ball bounced up and he just smashed it in it just That's had that like, like kind of arrogance or something to it but um, yeah he looks really sharp Mane looks really sharp as well I mean I thought Mane looked even better in that game um, probably more of a conundrum for FPL managers is Trent and Robbo and uh, mm. I thought Robbo looked a lot better again just yeah. a lot more dangerous from open play yeah definitely um, and, I suppose the big thing for me now is with Van Dyke and Allison out, are these lads going to get clean sheets? And if they're not getting clean sheets, does that take away from the seven million, seven and a half million price tag? Yeah, it kind of has to to some degree. And uh, there are a load of questions about it, so I don't, I won't get too into into yeah, too I mean, much okay. detail I suppose, there. I suppose in general, Liverpool are, are performing well. They should have won that game. Um, but I would say from an Everton point of view. I don't have an asset at the moment. I t- sold with Charleston, thank God. But I think I will have to get Dominic in. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I just He does look really good and he's a decent price. I'm just going to have to get him. Yeah. And even though he's gone up and up and up, he still is quite a good price. And like he goes through games where he's just not involved at all, but he comes alive in the box. And I think he had two big chances against Liverpool, scored a lovely goal. Um, 
I don't see any reason not to get him in. And his fixtures no. aren't terrible. No, I have to get him. I think it's it was like we take the pace out of him last year and stuff, but he's just his job at the moment is just to be in the in the box and at his price and everything are flying. Just have to have him, I think. James Rodriguez looks a good option still, I think. Um he's taken set pieces off Dina. He set up another goal from a a corner for Michael Keane. But uh, even just in and around the box, like he's just such a nice kind of neat player to watch. But it it turns into FPL returns as well. He's not just one of these people that's a nice footballer. Yeah, no, I think he's, he's returned a bit more than we thought. Like he's way more than I thought. More likely to be uh, sending in a free kick in for the assist, and he has a, sh- a shot on him. I think at the prices, I'd stick with one Everton and it'd be DCL. But I suppose you couldn't be really put off with the fixtures having two. I don't know, but between the three of them, I wouldn't mind any of the yeah. two. Um, like I said, a lot of the, the Liverpool stuff comes up in questions, but uh, would Jordan Pickford being in goals put you off a Liverpool or an Everton defender, sorry, just the likes of Dina or even has Michael Keane now scored a couple of goals? Um, uh, defenders score what five goals a season <clears throat> max, so you've like, missed 40% of them. Max. Yeah, I mean, you're chasing defender goals, you're in bad way. Um, Nah, I wouldn't bother. I just, Do you think Everton aren't going to keep clean sheets because of Pickford? Is he that bad? Uh, no, I, I asked someone this question actually the other day. Pickford kept Everton in the game with a couple of really good saves. There was the Matip header and I think it was a Mane chance. I'm not sure which one. But like, he seems to make world-class saves and then fucking massive mistakes. And the question I asked one of the lads was, would you rather a keeper who makes all the, the mundane saves day in, day out, just never makes a mistake, but doesn't get the world-class save. And when it goes in, you go, ah, look, he had nothing, couldn't do anything about it. World-class header, it, was, it wasn't his fault. Or the other way around, which is what Pickford is, which is like world-class save, stopping things he shouldn't stop and then making a mistake and letting the goal in. And the attitude is, well, he should have saved that. You know what I mean? Like it's the same net effect yeah. but you're giving him shit one way and you're you're praising him on the other end uh, he was kind of like that against Liverpool I think yeah he made two world class saves and then even the Jordan Henderson non-goal yeah well. know, just fucking went under him but uh, we'll move on to the next game and uh, Chelsea 3 Southampton 3 um, do you still own Timo Werner? I do thank God cancel out the Kane owners which is which is fair enough I thought it didn't it didn't though because you were far more likely to captain Kane. Yeah, I know. I think Werner. you captain you captain Kane. He was was he the most captain? No, Son was the most captain, wasn't he? And Kane was second. Yeah. Um, like I, I got rid of Werner on the wild card and brought in Kane, but I would never have captained Werner, but I did captain Kane. So that's what kept me happy with that decision. I suppose I don't have any Spurs, so I was never going to captain either of them. Yeah, um, but you were kind of if you had Kane, you were looking at a player that was in the form of his life. Versus yeah. a Werner who people kind of held on to as a last kind of ditch. This is your last chance home against Southampton and their, their high line. And in fairness, he was very good. Like the stats all stack up. He took his goals really well. Um, I think the people like you who kept him for that one last hurrah have a decision. Like, are you, are you going to keep him now going forward? I'm, I'm keeping him now for a bit. He's playing again up front tonight in the number nine um, in the Champions League. So I think that's... Frank's probably preferred system now with Pulisic, um, Havertz in the middle, and then either Mount or uh, Zayic or Adoy on the other side. I 
like if he's playing number nine for Chelsea, Chelsea are going to be what? Top 10 at the very worst. I mean, they're pro- they should be top four. So I've got the number, the number nine for like a top four team. Like he has to score. 20, I would think. He has to score. But like, I don't know, 15, 20, but he, he has to. I think 15 would be a bit of a, a disappointment for you know, one of Europe's hot shots from last season coming on a big money move. To, like you said, a top four team. If you only scored 15 league goals, like Livier Giroud like, will get you 15 league goals. Like you didn't need to splash out. What's the worst Chelsea could do? Like I, I said, like it is going to be tight. With everything I think top six. Like Spurs are pretty shown like they've a bit of form. Like the worst, the absolute worst they could do is like that top 10. They still need to score 60, 70 odd goals to finish there. So Werner has to do something. Especially as they're going to concede about 90 odd goals <laughs> by the looks of yeah. things. I think, well, I might have to sell James. I don't think the Chelsea defence is the way to go still. No, not at all. Um, from a Southampton point of view, Danny Ings uh, is as reliable as ever. I think Shea Adams is kind of ticking along nicely. He's, he is, but I don't really dropped, have that many striker spots left. Yeah, true. He's dropped down to 5.8 million and he's only 10 points off Ings and he should have a lot more points. Like he's just, he's not a clinical finisher, but he, he gets into good he's, positions. He's not on pedos either. I, I don't know. I, I, I'd rather have someone like Brewster if I'm going that price range to get myself someone else midfield, I think. Um, yeah. Wouldn't okay. be completely against it, but I think you're probably taking a bit of a risk. So the next game, City and Arsenal. I had no interest in this <sighs> from my own FPL point of view. Um, a rare clean sheet for a team. And we were talking on last week's pod saying once things settle down and defences kind of start to come to the fore again. City will be your team and kept a clean sheet against uh, another potential top four, top six team. Yeah. Reasonably um, comfortably, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was comfortable. I, I think of all the people to shut up shop and not want to concede goals, I think Pep will be all over it. Mm. And did you see the formation he played? No. It was so weird. Like, he played three at the back and then he played Foden on the left wing and Mares on the right wing. And played Cancelo in centre midfield. Oh. Um, like, I don't know if it was like one of those pep things where he tries to confuse the fuck out of somebody, then gets a goal. By the time the other person figures out what the what the hell he's doing, it's too late. But they had Kyle Walker at centre half and uh, Mares right of the five in midfield, Cancelo in the back, Sterling and Aguero up front. I, it was odd. wonder if Cancelo would play there again. He had, I think he was man of the match. I, I did notice him a lot on match of the day, but it didn't even dawn on me that he might be playing out of position. I just thought, I thought he was playing left back and I was like, he just seems a lot more dangerous than Mendy going forward. And uh, I don't think either are very good defensively. I think he stopped around during the game. I think they made a few subs and he was all okay. over the shot. But interesting to see though, um, Ake playing again. Ake is actually quite a good, I think given the choice at the back, I'm going to go with Diaz and I'll probably bring him in at some point because I think he's always going to play. But Ake, if you if you knew he was going to play, is actually quite a good um, option. He, he seems to get himself up for corners and stuff. He's quite good in the air, attacking. Yeah. He always seems to get... I think he's second. I want to say he's second in, in goal-scoring defenders over the last few seasons behind Van Dijk, um, which is deadly. If, if you're considering playing for City, the amount of corners they probably get, he's probably even going to get more. So, But uh, yeah, City defense, I like... Aguero's back um, A lot of people I don't know if it just seems like A bit of a, a hipster kind of move To bring in Aguero 
before he's up and running and obviously he's FPL royalty and you know hat tricks upon hat tricks you know people have a great loads of great stories of how they captained him for this and triple captain for this and it's there's there's something a bit romantic about Aguero but I've seen so many people going oh you have to get him in now even ahead of Kane but I just don't understand why you'd get in a guy who's coming back off injury you know isn't up to speed fitness wise playing for a city team who haven't really got going ahead of I said last week Kane's the best FPL player in the game at the minute and he is yeah would you you're kind of one of these people who likes getting ahead of the curve and jumping on things do you think Aguero could come good very soon or it's wait and see it's funny that you say it I was panicking yesterday (laughs) panicking yesterday after my next shit week and I didn't have any Spurs assets and I did consider trying to get Aguero in okay so you're one Um, of these people uh, I I didn't do it I'm not going to do it for another couple of weeks because of what you said I think it's just common sense like is he fully fit you know that sharp and a match sharpness and all that but Man City are going to use him like they've proven that they can't play without a number nine Jesus is still out so he will play and he's playing for Man City and he's Aguero so like it's not a it's not a stupid decision, if you ask me. But I know it's, it's definitely not crazy. But I think there's still a little bit of mileage left out of Kane. Like he plays Burnley, Brighton, and West Brom in the next three, and uh, he's an easy move to Aguero. I'd still, I still think you should get on Kane, Hoover up all his points, and then, you know, I, I'm I'm stuck. We might talk about it in a minute, but <clears throat> my team is kind of wedged between my wild card and potential transfers. Okay. Arsenal are a bit of a non-event. I could talk about Aubameyang being a bit of a failure. Uh, Saka looked very good, but we'll move on until they actually start doing stuff. Uh, Newcastle and United 4-1. I didn't think United were great, which shows you how good Newcastle were. Um, Sorry, go on. Just not till the end of the game. I just agree. I thought it was... Yeah. Looked like Uh, it was going for a draw or or a small win for United, and then they got the, the couple of goals. The result flattered them a bit. Um, again, it all pops up in questions. But uh, their defence, I wouldn't touch any of them. Like you said, Greenwood, we don't know where he is. Martial's still suspended. Will Cavani come in when he's finally fit? Actually, Rashford looked good. He looked sharp and he, he played through the middle a little bit. And Two goals. No, one goal, two assists. Could have had three assists if Bruno had to put away the penalty. Yeah. I'll Rash- put this to you now, actually, because it's not in the questions. Do you think there's a case for Rashford ahead of Bruno at a million cheaper and now possibly on penalties? Or he's just Rashford, not involved, isn't uh, Bruno took the penalty tonight against PSG. Okay. So I'm assuming he's keeping them. Mm. Um, and the only reason I went agreeing with it was he was another million cheaper again. If I had to choose between Rashford and Bruno, I'd go Bruno just because of penalties and the amount of penalties United get. Like I think they're like, three or four clear a year on penalties yeah. like 14 last season I think and like someone down the end like uh, the bottom teams are like getting two three penalties like that's a huge difference I yeah have a Fernandez. fair enough they both scored tonight anyway um, but yeah like you said I, I didn't know how it was going to go like Bruno seems like the kind of guy that wouldn't really give a fuck that he missed and has perfect confidence in himself but he also seems kind of sound enough that he'd be like, all right, Rashford, you have your turn. So I I was torn, but I own Bruno, so I'd be more than happy if he keeps penalties. Um, 
the fact that he took the penalty tonight, I, I, I was thinking the same thing. Will they rotate it on a misses? But it seems he, yeah. has, he still has it. So, how many has he got so far this season? Three? Yeah, I think so. And uh, that game was the most dangerous, I think, he's looked in open play since yeah, of course, the start of the missed, season anyway. He missed the penalty, obviously, and then got the goal from, yeah, it was a nice finish. Yeah, but he pops up in the questions as well. Uh, Sheffield United, Fulham, I have nothing to say about that. No, nah, nothing. Sheffield United are really struggling, like, just to score. Fulham looked lively. Your man Luckman looks like a great player. He does. Uh, and they got your man Oriola in goals. Mitrovic in the middle, like and uh, your man oh, Lamina is a solid center mid. I actually, I like him and Loftus Cheek. I mean, yeah, sneaky. Like they're they've improved. Their center halves are still woeful, so I wouldn't give them that much of a chance. But they might nick a result or two. Luckman looks really good. Yeah, I've nothing to say about Palace and Brighton. Uh, Mitchell kept his place. Um, yeah, Brighton are one of those teams. We've we've said it a few weeks in a row now that. They, they need results. Like, they look nice. They're playing yeah. nice football. I think they have a lovely squad and everything's nice about them, but they're just not getting points on the board. And even that game, like, I think Palace had one shot all game and it was a Zaha penalty. Oh. But Brighton still didn't manage to get over the line. I'll say it now rather than going through my team later. I've got Ryan and Lamptey. Okay. And like a clean sheet for the two of them is the difference between me having a great week and a shit week. And just to look at it afterwards and see Chris Palace soft penalty one shot one shot on target and Brighton 20 shots on goal whatever it was and you're <laughs> like a nil all and I'm like flying and a, yeah. a shitty penalty and like I'm, I'm going to have to consider ditching them uh, Brighton just aren't getting they aren't keeping clean sheets I, I, I give them one more chance they were playing West Ham and then or West Brom at home and then I'm going to have to, to stop one up yeah um, it's like you said though uh, you know, one penalty against them was the only thing between you and a double clean sheet like it's just it's inches yeah it's like it wouldn't millimeters. even it wouldn't put me off them like I that would make me want to hold them even more I think no it's just more that the way Brighton it's like we keep saying Brighton are playing really well and not getting results and if they just keep continue doing that they're just going to be down the bottom there thereabouts and they're going to start panicking and changing the way they play uh, just <laughs> I don't want to have two of them in the back for that crap. That's fair enough. Uh, Spurs three, West Ham three. What a Spursy result that was. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I actually thought West Ham were going to do them and I had a, a bet on the West Ham. I think I told you beforehand. And I just couldn't believe the fast start Tottenham got. They ripped them apart at the start of the game. Broke my heart. But at the end of the game, I, you couldn't deny the West Ham didn't deserve something after the, after 90 minutes. Like... Spurs dropped off so much in the second half. I, it just the mind boggles. What but I thought planning. they were—I thought they were so comfortable doing that until Balbuena got the goal and kind of got a little bit nervy. But I thought they were doing quite well doing that. I thought you, we have a three-goal head start. Was it intentional? Do you think like they said came out second half went three nil up, take it easy, lads, and drop back, or do you reckon it was just protect like subconsciously dropping back because it just. They invited West Ham on for the entire second half. Yeah. I would have thought it had to be subconscious because I, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive and like, you know, we're five-a-side players, Kirks, and we're football manager players. But like, if you go 3-0 up inside 20 minutes and you're doing something right, I just don't know why you don't go for the juggler and try and be like 6-0 up. You know, you know? The, funny, the funny thing for me was 
I think Bale actually gave the ball away for was it one or two of the goals? Yeah. He missed that chance. The ball went down the other end and they scored. And it's like, ooh, that's uh, <laughs> he was very lax. I thought he got caught in the ball a couple of times. He missed that great chance. But uh, I don't know if I'm doing this just so that people listen to the end or if it's actually true, but all of this pops up in questions. So I don't want to repeat ourselves. I'm not going to talk about how good Kane and Son are because ah, okay. we'll be talking about it later on. Um, West Ham, though, that's that was some result from like from absolutely nowhere and on the nice run that they were on. And like looking at the stats and they come up in the questions as well, though. West Ham looked like a proper team and you've been bigging them up the last few weeks. And I, I really like think them. you could be right. I really like the way, I like the way they're set up. I like the way they're playing. Um, and I'm glad they came back in that game because I think had they lost 3-0, it would have been very much uh, it's the normal West Ham, you know, a couple of good results. Now they'll go on a slump for 10 games. Then they'll come back for a couple of games. But yeah. they, they do look a little bit more resolved. Like that midfield is is fairly solid. Two big lads in Rice and Socek. Socek. Um, and Antonio front is just a handful. Um, I, I like them. I think they're playing really well. And they've totally, uh, they've done this against all odds. Like their fixtures at the start of the season were like you get a group of death in the Champions League or the World Cup. But this was just like, you know, the league of death for like seven fixtures in a row. Yeah, and, uh, fixtures were awful. And even the games where they lost, like they performed okay and they they did really well in the two games before Spurs and then showed such a resolve to come back. When their fixtures start to turn, which isn't too far in the future. Um, yeah, there's a lot of options on that team. Uh, Sight Benarama, six million. Interesting to see if he gets any time there in the next two. It's Man yeah. City and Liverpool next, which is a problem. Really, the way the season's going, we should be looking at form over fixtures, and we should just be saying, <laughs> if you think Antonio is going to play well, he'd probably get a couple against Liverpool and City. But I suppose I'm still looking at the fixtures going, they're the two hardest games in the yeah. league. I'll wait till Fulham at home. And then it's Fulham, Sheffield, Villa. And that's a nice little run for them. Okay. Um, Leicester, nil, Villa won. West Brom, nil. Burnley, nil. Leeds, nil. Wolves won. I'm happy just to leave them all and deal with them as we go with the pod with our own weeks and questions. Because um, like two yeah, goals in the three games. They're all very similar, to be honest. They weren't great games. Um, XGs were quite low for all of them. Um, I don't know what you could. You could they could have all have easily finished a draw. Like the, the one nil to the Villa was last minute. A great, great finish from Barkley. Um, I think Burnley had a great a shot off the bar or something. And the Leeds Wolves game that could have been it all. Maybe Leeds could have nicked it, but very similar. Yeah, yeah, they all have options, but they've there's nothing really. I think Villa are worth talking about, and we'll talk about them later on. Um, yeah, let's talk about our own game week sixes, and uh, we do have to, especially this week. We didn't pod when you wildcarded, which was probably a blessing for you, but uh, oh, yeah. I want to talk about my wild card, so I do. But before I do that, how did your game week five go? Um, I don't know if it's good or bad. I, I got five, 55 points. The average was 60. But I had Greenwood and De Bruyne with no minutes. And that's like, what, 20 million of my budget on the bench not playing. So in one way, I kind of feel like 55 isn't probably too bad. Uh, no Spurs assets, which killed me, but uh, Werner, Salah, Jimenez, 
um, all picked up some points. Still think my team is okay, but I'm just, I'm not on the same players as like the people picking up like Martinez and goals, Kane, Son, um, DCL. I just, I don't have them and I'm, I'm paying the price. So. Yeah. Uh, interesting that you had KDB. What made you decide to keep him even though you knew he was out? I'd been with transfers early. So it was take a hit or uh, just play to who I had. So I had Foden. Foden came okay. in six points, which I thought kind of covered me Man City-wise, but just didn't close up the gap um, on the Spurs players. Yeah. Okay. Um, 55 points. It's kind of middle of the road, wasn't it? Like you said, just yeah. below average. Uh, I don't know what else you can do. Like, you've used your wild card. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, Chasing already. This is going to be a very interesting season for me. Yeah, we'll talk about our game week six plan. So maybe you can talk about your transfers and if you have any inklings to get in Spurs players or if you're going to avoid that and all. But uh, talk about my wildcard very quickly. And uh, listeners will be surprised that I'm going to actually fly through it. I always say I'm going to fly through it. But uh, it just seems a bit dicky to talk about your own team for any longer than five minutes when you've done quite well. So my wildcard couldn't have went any better. Um, stuff would... The stuff dreams are made of, to be honest. Uh, if you remember last week, I'd planned on wildcarding this week, but I just kind of went a week early because it really wasn't going to plan. I was a little bit on tilt with United losing to Spurs. Um, I decided to gamble on Spurs being my ticket kind of out of the, I suppose, two million mediocrity where I was. And uh, it worked. So... Pretty much my whole wildcard team. Only two players in my 11 didn't return. They were Brewster and Dallas. Dallas so close. Was, yeah, Dallas was close enough to getting a clean sheet and he was on for bonus in that. Uh, Martinez, clean sheet. Robertson got an assist. Sice, clean sheet. Was unlucky not to score a goal. Barkley scored a injury time winner. And I'll, I'll talk about it after I list the rest of them out. But it just shows you what fine margins there are with a a good week and a brilliant week. Yeah, like definitely. Barkley was on for three points and all of a sudden he gets 11 because he, you know, he, he doesn't get closed down outside the box and scores a, a lovely finish. Salah got a goal. Fernandez missed penalty and five minutes away from a disaster, got 11 points. Son got me 13 points. Calvert-Lewin got his customary goal and then Kane, the big one, like uh, 32 points as my captain and, I didn't turn on the Spurs game until the 20th minute and it was 3-0. And I honestly had to, I was watching it on Sky Go on my phone. Oh, I'd say you made a girly giggling noise. No, I actually clicked out of Sky Go, went into live score, checked the score. I went into fantasypremierleague.com, checked this. I didn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, it can't. I was big enough West Ham so much during the week that you're probably like, no, nah, this can't be the right thing. I was so sure of a West Ham result. Yeah. I'd, I was like, I'd probably put you off it. It can't possibly be 3-0 and all my guys have just assisted each other for all of the goals, pretty much. But uh, yeah, 105 points. Um, I was to 2.025 million, jumped up to 426k. Uh, we, we always big up the early wildcard on the show and it's just nice to actually, for it to work out. It seems like a long time since it actually has. 
it's an incredible point score. Like if you consider your game week, you're eight thousand five hundred overall in that game week. Yeah, that's um, that's unbelievable. And uh, <clears throat> going forward, my team looks in great shape. So when you use your wild card, I always say judge it over three or four game weeks. But I can already say it was a success. And yeah. not to sound too smug, but like quite quite happy going forwards. Yeah. I th- I think the, the biggest thing I'm taking from your wild card is I played my wild card too early. I hinged on the Man City and Man United teams playing in game week two too much. I put way too much emphasis on the fact that they weren't playing game week one and I wild carded earlier to try to get a Man City player in and that kind of crap. Yeah. I just didn't have the data. Like it just didn't have that feeling for what the way the season was going. Whereas you've done it at the time we normally talk about that four, five, six game week mark, where you've got enough to get a handle on what's happening, and you like look at your team like it's it's exactly what you would expect like after the four weeks of this season. Like you got the Spurs guys, you got two Villa guys, you got DCL, um, <clears throat> Salah and Robertson are kind of mainstays, but it just it just screams of someone who's been looking at the last four or five weeks of football and kind of going, these are the guys I need to have. Yeah. Which I've, is the point. Of I've won point two million in the bank, so I can easily get Fernandez out for a Man City midfielder. So he's just a, it, like I said, I can't emphasize how much luck is involved. Like you can make all the right decisions, but you still need a bit of luck for something like that. Like KDB was in my initial wildcard team. I hummed and hawed for hours on the Friday, who was it going to bring in? Like I was between Sterling and Pulisic. Pulisic was my number one if I thought he was going to start. And he did start, but he did nothing, which again goes to show you how lucky it is. Fernandez missed his first penalty for United, his first penalty in about, God knows, yeah. since, since under 14s maybe. And I thought it was a terrible penalty. Um, Good save I was talking to someone else and they're like, oh, if the keeper goes the other way, then it's a good penalty. But I thought he completely telegraphed it. It wasn't like him. But uh, yeah, like he gets a goal and an assist. Um, Barkley. Barkley, I took a punt on. A few people were like, oh God, Barkley's a troll. What are you doing? But like, he's 5.9 million. He's going to play every game. I think he's on penalties. And like, he does have that in his locker. Like he can score goals from range. He can get an assist out of nothing. And I only need him to do it maybe every three games to be worth his 5.9 million. Yeah. And you, to be honest, you can swap him out now if you wanted. Like, as in, I, I, I like that approach. Like, you've got guys there like Fernandez, Salah, Robertson, Kane, Son, who are like mainstays of FPL, who are there and they get points. Like, mm-hmm. so what if your fourth midfielder is Barkley? Like, I don't care who that is. That could have been Klitsch or it could have been Pulisic. It could have been Jorginho. Like, that's what's there. You, you you make a guess at who you think is going to perform and you put them in and it paid off. Yeah. But after, look, a terrible season last year and a, a bad start to this season, it was nice to get something something good going. Uh, have you any plans for game week six? Do you have like, do you have yeah. one transfer? One transfer and it's just to get some Spurs <laughs> coverage in. It was quite an easy move. I made it already just in case there is a price rise or price fall because it's probably likely. I've just gone from KDB to Sun. Okay. Um, I think it's very straightforward. It's KDB is probably 50-50. He's not firing all cylinders. It's just something wrong there. It feels like a, a, an injury he picked up a few weeks ago and he's been nursing and then it just got to a point where he can't play. So I'm not 100% on him where his son is flying and they have good fixtures. So, well, and also covering my ass with bloody spurs. 
Excuse so me. that was straightforward enough. I was thinking about taking a hit uh, and my second transfer I haven't made and it would either be Dominic Carvalhoon or Diaz from City. Um, but I think I'll probably avoid the hit, to be honest. Yeah, who would Calvert-Lewin be coming in for? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Werner scored and Jimenez scored, so I think I might just stick with them, stick to the plan. Uh, Jimenez has, still has good fixtures, and uh, I don't want to rip my team up just to try shoehorn someone who I maybe have missed the points for, so yeah, that's it, just, really. I'd be kind of reluctant to get rid of Werner now, just just goes to show you, if you play players in the right position, what might happen? Uh, John Werner just looked completely different through the middle, and some people have a sorry. Go on. I just have no problem keeping him for the season. Like like I said earlier, like he's the number nine for Chelsea, who are going to finish in top of the league and they're going to score goals. So no problem keeping him. Um, I was going to take him in as eight, uh, but I my plan was to keep him until seven or eight when Wolves switch his turn. Wolves aren't playing great, but they're all he's he's a quality player as a like the Leeds game where they, they maybe deserve to lose he's just that extra bit of quality where he pops up and scores so ah, stick yeah. with it for now um and like you said with Kane, Kane's a funny one because I've said I do think he's the best player in the game uh I've been really impressed with him his underlying stats are great his returns are through the roof but like he has seven assists and five goals so he's 12 attacking returns but his uh his xgi is 5.41 <laughs> do you know okay. and he's 12 yeah. returns so what's that nearly nearly 7 do you know he's kind of overperforming it by his delta or whatever it's called like is that maintainable I think it kind of is because he scores low XG chances like his goal against West Ham was unbelievable do you see it where he nuts to Rice and then just yeah it was past the goalie before he even set himself yeah, I think we say it all the time about these XG figures, X points, all this X stuff. Like people are capable of outperforming it and teams are capable of outperforming it. And it's just knowing that Kane is one of those players. Like Kim and Son can outperform the figures. Yeah. Um, certain teams can outperform. Like I, just as, as an example, like Burnley's um, expected goals against, not this season, but previously, are always like way different to like what they should be conceding. But you just have to take that into account. That's the type of team Burnley are. They take shots on, the good saves, and and they keep clean sheets. Uh, players like Kane, like their expected goal is five, but he's quality enough that like he's sticking goals in from outside the box, and is he's going to exceed that figure. So it's just about knowing the player or the club. Yeah, and his fix, his next three fixtures are lovely. I think the assists is kind of mind-boggling though, because he has seven assists, and his expected assists is one. Like, does that show you just how good a finisher Son is? Yeah. What's Son's expected goals? Yeah, I don't have that in front of me, to be honest. But it's just like, even his assist against West Ham, it was a lovely, like, raking over the top ball. But, like, Son still had to latch onto it, control it, cut inside, and just a real Son finish. You know, he just had, it's just like an arrow. He just bends it into the far corner. But like, I've just op- opened up a understat here. I just clicked on expected goals. Yeah. So, Dominic Carvalhoon is top. Harry Kane is second. Son isn't on the first page. Yeah. He's, he's on the second such, page. He's an he's, elite finisher. Yeah, he's four go, four and a half goals ahead of his expected, which is either like, so you take two things from it. You say either it's jammy and he's done something or he's lethal. And I think what we're saying is he's lethal. Oh, watching it, you know he's lethal. But uh, it's kind of, 
it's important to I think notice I think Kane is actually maybe looking for assists now he's kind of adding that as a, a string to his bow and he kind of is yeah he wants deep. yeah he's dropping deep but he wants to assist people do you remember a few years ago where he was like swearing on his daughter's life that he got a flick onto stuff and he was just absolute goal machine all he wanted was goals yeah I, I was reading a thing about how their attack is now going to line up with Sun and Bale yeah um, it's, it's very interesting like their, their front tree is brilliant and even in Domble and Heuberg are playing pretty well that that attacking side of Spurs is really flexible now. Like as in Kane, Kane drops deep and you've got Bale and Son going ahead of him. Like that's yeah. lethal. Um, but just going back to the XA, his XA figures are so good because Son's XG figures are so good. Yeah. But, you know, they're going to be playing together for the rest of the season, barring injuries. So there's no reason to say Kane's expected assists aren't going to, are going to drop off if Son keeps performing the way he is. Yeah, and then if one or the other do regress, then the other one will regress. So like yeah. the likes of me, who has the double up, it's kind of yeah. on a knife a knife edge, really. And I said it to you last week, like my whole wild card was built around them hopefully performing for the next four game weeks. So delighted yeah. that they did it against West Ham. And look, I think the next fixtures are actually easier. So I, I had to make a choice, actually, because I only wanted one of them. Yeah, and, uh, I went with Son, and I think it was just going back to that original thing of midfielders are better than strikers. Like Son's cheaper, he gets clean sheets. He gets he's more likely maybe to get the goals from an assist. But if I have to have one of them, I'm, I've I've gone with Son. So hopefully, it's the right decision. Yeah, I think it's good you have some Spurs coverage anyway. By and look, I'm only doubling up for four game weeks. And it's something I say all the time. It's like I got them in for four game weeks. And if they get me like 200 points, my plan is still to get rid of one of them. And it's like, job done. I'm not going to be, you know, reluctant to get rid of them because they've got me points. That's why I got them in for um, the fixtures turn a little bit. And I'm going to move on to someone else. Like Sun might become Pulisic. Kane might become Aguero. But uh, yeah, happy days so far. So... Did you talk about your game week 16? I did. Captain? Oh, for next week, yeah. Um, so I brought in Son and my captain at the moment. Oh, God, who is it? Okay, my captain is Sal at the moment, and I'll probably stick with that. Sheffield United at home. Sheffield haven't been playing too well. Um, yeah, I'll probably stick with that. Some promotion, isn't it? Sal has gone from uh, potentially on your bench last week to your captain this week. <laughs> he was my captain last week in the end. Because of KDB? Um, no, I brought him in instead of somebody, uh, I can't remember who, and captained him. Yeah, I'm really excited about this week because I got like a century last week, but my team looks just as good this week. I have Martinez at home to Leeds, Robertson home to Sheffield United, Sice home to Newcastle, Dallas away to Villa, Mitchell away to Fulham if he keeps his place, Barkley home to Leeds, Salah home to Sheffield United, Son away to Burnley, Kane away to Burnley. Calvert-Lewin away to Southampton and then Bruno home to Chelsea. Like, they're great fixtures. Uh, I'm going to captain Salah as well. I started off the season without Salah. I gambled that I could kind of make up the points elsewhere. And for the most part, I did. And I brought him in a week early on my wildcard and he got me a goal against Everton. But like, the whole plan was to get him in for, I think, Sheffield United at home, maybe West Ham at home. Like, Salah's a bit of a home bird. He's in great form. Like you said, Sheffield United... I think they 
they could be relegation candidates based on what we've seen so far. They are. And I, I think you said we're going to talk about Villa a little later, but it's one of the reasons why I think Villa now are going to finish a few places higher than I wanted them to finish. The yeah. Burnley and Sheffield United, just they aren't getting results. They aren't getting performances. Like they're just, they look like they're going to be down there. Yeah. You said it at the start of the season, you were worried about second season syndrome. And I was like, yeah, that's just something people say, Kirks whatever but like it's coming through and it's not just uh like they always struggle to score goals but just defensively they're not looking great they got patches that are really good i remember watching was it against leeds they played the other week and just in patches they just have those little triangles and like they play so well and then they just they can't get the ball in the net and if you can't score they're always at risk of conceding and they they just can't seem to get a result yeah i'd like to have a city defender in my team in general um I would like to have a Villa player. Uh, I would like to have an Everton player. <coughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have enough spots in my team for the amount of players I want. If I had been playing well and I had the players I should have, I would actually take a punt on a Fulham player for the next couple of weeks. Um, other than that, uh, okay. So if I had the team I should have, I yeah. should already have DCL in. I should already have Son in. Um, I would maybe take a punt on a Fulham player with the fixtures okay. they have. They've got Chris Palace at home, West Brom at home, and looking at them the last day and the week before, they played way better. And Luckman Mitrovic um, looked dangerous. Like Mitrovic missed a penalty, he missed a two sitters with a header. Like I just for that little run, if I had the free transfer and the flexibility, I'd, I'd take a punt. But can't because i'm chasing like a motherfucker <laughs> but is that not a way of kind of catching up because nobody else is going to have full players uh, i'm plugging holes left right and center i mean like like i was saying i still don't have a, a, a villa player i still don't have an everton player like i'm just plugging holes Carks, it just sounds like that's the the legacy of your vendettas from last season you hated everton you hated villa <laughs> and even though like everything is switched around you still can't quite bring yourself to admit it no, I had a, I had Richarlison in, and thank God I took him out. But I should have just gone with Carvaloon. It was hard to, at the start of the season to think that this is the new Dominic Carvaloon, but it's proven it now. And it goes back to the the point about your wild card. <coughs> I went too early, and I was still writing off Carvaloon. And now another two weeks, and you can see how well he's playing. And it's like, yeah, he's the obvious choice. I should have had him. But now I'm plugging holes like a leaky pirate. <laughs> anything else for game week six before we move on <clears throat> i have a bit of a no. cough kirk so i might need to go get a test tomorrow it's good we're doing this remotely thank god save my save my health yeah um, i don't know i i just to, to point out there's money to be made in accumulators i don't know what they are <laughs> but fuck fuck me the results that we're getting like just stick on like half time to draw like with anybody and see what happens. Fucking mental. Now, Kirks, people get very upset when you when lads talk about gambling, so uh, be careful. Oh, well, I mean, I do accumulators so at stupid odds, like a euro. But, yeah. like, my normal bet is, like, pick six teams and do four folds. So, like... You might need to put on my, uh, you know, advertising disclaimer voice. The FPL Renegades podcast does not condone gambling. I condone gambling at very, 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 very small amounts. Even though we do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like a bet. 
um, on the football, but I don't like betting a favorite. So my, my normal bet is um, just like, you know, outsiders in an accumulator and then yeah. fourfold four, four them. So one of them comes up. Um, so like West Ham, I just was all over that last week. Um, but you should be able to pick out the most craziest of accumulators with the results that we're getting. And if you can anyway guess like what's going to happen, you can make a fortune. <clears throat> Fair enough. Three to three all at half time. Spurs West Ham was fifty to one. You'd have to be an absolute maniac to put that bet on, though. <laughs> no, I nearly, nearly did it out of pure desperation. But I'm just saying, like, what was it? Three all to Hampton Chelsea. Three all West Ham. Two all Liverpool Everton. Like results that you didn't see coming at the ninety minutes are happening. I just. If from an FPL point of view, forget the betting. From an FPL point of view, just even that consideration to no team is guaranteed to win or win by a margin that you think. So yeah, take a punt. I prefer your FPL angle there because, like, from a betting point of view, it sounds ludicrous. It's like oh, it's there's all these kind of crazy, <laughs> unpredictable results, lads. Just bet on all of them. <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah, I think we should move on to our favorite time of the week. Question time. It's time. So a uh, load of questions. Um, we got a bit of abuse last week for leaving out some questions. Uh, I say it all the time. We answer every question and we really do. But last week we went half an hour over and we had to cut out a few questions. One of them was uh, 25 minutes long. <clears throat> but uh, Half an hour over the half an hour we already went over. Yeah, but a regular uh, listener, friend, asker of questions of the show, wasn't very happy with us, uh, called us out on it and uh, is looking for a new podcast to listen to. So I think we should answer his question first. <laughs> and it's, uh, <laughs> can you guess who it is? Of course you can't. No, I don't know who the fuck asks questions. You're like, yeah, all these guys that ask questions every week mean nothing to you. FPL Rogue, FPL okay. Rouge, uh, Dumping premium slash mid-price defenders is all the rage in order oh, yeah. to free uh, dollars for the front eight. Yet six games in game week five were low scoring. Has the tie turned and is the defensive offload premature? And then he also says, by the way, just a reminder, and we got a gif of Liam Neeson and Taken saying, I will find you and I will kill you. Oh, wow. So we better answer this. Is this reworded from the same question last week, just with the results from this week updated? Possibly from a different question, but it's, like a, answered this. it's a valid point, though, because six games in game week five were low scoring, and especially the... I must check the XG. The games on Sunday and Monday, like a few teams actually kept clean sheets. So what are your thoughts? Like, Do you think we can go all budget defenders, or do you still feel more comfortable having a premium or two? Um, I feel more comfortable having a premium or two, and I kind of want to move towards the top four, top six defenders, like back to what I would normally maybe have. Yeah. Um, saying that, though, I don't mind. There's plenty of options at the back. Like, I've got Justin, Lamptey, and Mitchell at the moment. Like, they're all playing, and they're all half decent. Um, but I would like to get a, a City player in there. Um, yeah. Do you have a pool player? Trent. Okay. So you do have a, a the premium of all premiums. Well, I have James as well for Chelsea, but he's on my bench. I'm going to get rid of him because I just can't trust him to play. But 
like if you think that that's a Liverpool defender, a Leicester defender, and a Chelsea defender, like that's defenders from the top four clubs there, and that's the way I like to go with it. If I can get a cheap player from a top team, I'd rather have them in for the season rather than a Lamptey or Mitchell going forward. Yeah, but uh, you in, s- in terms of, in terms of loading up your team though, like Dinias and like you know all these guys, I don't know. Oh yeah, but uh, Rogue's question is kind of the opposite. Should we be like offloading? your Dinias and all those kind of guys, would you be happy to have none of them? I wouldn't. And, no, uh, I, I think I'd want the cheapest player you can get playing for a top six team. Okay. I'm a little bit different to that and I'll come back to it now in a second, but it brings me back to last week and you made a, a good point about clean sheets in general and uh, how teams are suffering from a lack of preseason and all that kind of jazz. And then eventually they're going to get up to speed and they're going to work on everything and, Eventually, and I, you you kind of pinpointed City last week, and they actually got a clean sheet against one of the top six, which yep. might mean that it's already starting to come to fruition. And it mightn't be mightn't be in the next week or two, but I think definitely come the next international break, which is in three weeks, I think. I think clean sheets will start becoming more of a a normal thing, and it'll be the usual strong defenses that are going to keep keeping them. Yeah. Um. But in my point of view, I'm not really. I think your budget defenders have every chance of getting a clean sheet. Like you're like so the cheap Burnley guys, cheap Wolves guys, cheap uh, West Ham defenders. Like they're going to keep clean sheets. But what makes me get in the premium is the attacking threat. So I like to have at least one, no, just one. So I'm go- I have Robertson. I'm going to keep him for the foreseeable, but it's all about his attacking threat. Like Liverpool will just back door into clean sheets because they're not a bad team. Even without Allison, without Van Dyke, they still have a. At home, I'd still expect them to do something. Yeah. Yeah. It won't um, be as good, but yeah. And it's just, I don't know, for 7 million, Robertson, like he still might keep a clean sheet against Burnley and he might get a goal. And then all of a sudden, that's, that's way more points than your 7 million midfielder or forward are going to get that week. Yeah, no, um, definitely. Yeah. So. It just. I suppose it's, I'm not going against that either. Like I, obviously I have Trent and obviously I have James who's a very attacking right back and I got Justin who's actually playing left wing back. So, I mean, I'm obviously thinking along the same lines in terms of defenders attacking and as cheap as I can get them. <laughs> like that yeah. mix. Um, but someone like Laporte, if you remember from two seasons ago, was I think he was priced a little bit underpriced. I think he was five or five and a half. And he was just a, a godsend of just consistent points every week with clean yeah. sheets. I, I like that. Like if I can get Diaz for five and a half and City are just churning out clean sheets, I, I'll take that. That That's lovely. Thank you very much. Like whatever that is week on week on. The, the top teams will always produce more clean sheets. Yeah. Like a Lamptey and a Mitchell and these lads, they will get clean sheets, but you just can't bank on them. You don't know when they're going to happen. So you have to keep playing them and hope you hit it. Um, whereas Trent and Robertson are high-priced, high returns. The Diaz's and the Justins or whatever, mid-priced and consistent returns. That's kind of what I'm... Yeah. For. And to wrap that one up, I I know I agree with that. I, I'm not ready to abandon the defenders just yet to kind of put all of my budget into the midfield and forwards. If you were to wildcard tomorrow you'd still keep a decent price defender or two. If I wildcarded tomorrow, I'd have Trent and Diaz and then a bunch of playing um, 
lads like Lamptey, Mitchell, Justin. Cool. So I think we both agree the defensive offload is slightly premature. Sounds a little sexual, but that's what we're going with. <laughs> that, that's how we phrased it. All right. Okay. All right. Next question comes in from another good friend of the show. Um, and uh, he became a friend of the show because he started doing really bad. Colin Ryan. Um, that's worrying. Yeah. No, it, it, it turned out we, we had a little prediction competition to win a mug. And he predicted that he was going to get like 200 points and he got like 20 points. Oh, or yeah. Something. Yeah, we're going to follow him. We were going to follow him. I can't remember his FPL ID, so we might follow him next week. But uh, he's a good guy and asked some good questions. Is it time to get back on the Bruno fun bus or are United still shite? I want Bruno. I want Bruno because of the amount of penalties United get and he takes them. And I just, it just breaks my heart every week I don't have him and he scores a penalty. Like, I just hate him. So I need him. But what about when he misses the penalties? It's scores some open play. It's Grant. 11 points yeah um, I think the second half of that question I think United still are shite um, that 4-1 win against Newcastle flatters them quite a lot and it kind of shows you Newcastle's mentality Steve Bruce always gives United way I hate respect. that thank you for saying that I didn't want to say that as a Liverpool fan about United but what the fuck was that about like he's what was his quote like oh it's great to come here and lose 4-1 <laughs> like I love like not conceding eight goals against United what fuck off like attack them they're playing shit uh, yeah, uh, yeah so you, you, just re- you just reminded me there was he said something really stupid yeah like, about United's quality and oh isn't it great I like, fucking potato but uh Bruno's a weird one for me because he's ten and a half million uh like I think 50% of what Bruno does is amazing. 50% of what he does is absolutely terrible. He's one of these weird players. He's not like the likes of Thiago for Liverpool is just immaculate. He'll get the ball. He moves lovely. He'll never give away the ball. His pass accuracy is 98%. And, uh, you know, he'll get a few assists. He'll get a few goals. Bruno just pretty much is just like blitzkrieg when he gets the ball. He just wants to go towards the goal in as quick and an attacking way as possible. And it doesn't work out all the time. He gives the ball away so much, but uh, he just keeps going and going. He's kind of relentless. He'll just keep trying. Even, you know, that match, he missed a penalty. He was flailing his arms around. He, he looked terrible. I thought he was actually going to be taken off for when I seen Van de Beek warming up, I thought it was for him. But then you see him kind of busting the gut to run past Rashford to get in for that goal. And then he sets up Rashford. He's just, yeah. I think he's a bit of an FPL enigma and I don't think you can really predict him. I think he's another one. You just have him in your team and he's going to get you points. I, I think the penalties makes a difference for me. I, like, I, I like Greenwood. Like, you know I yeah. like Greenwood as a player and I still think he's going to haul. But, fuck, just the penalties. If you know to get another 13, 14, 15 <laughs> penalties like they did. That's a lot. I know. Like, have, I, I want... I want Fernandez. Yeah, plus the other clean sheet and all that kind of crap as well. I know. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> plus, he takes a lot of corners. He takes a lot of free kicks. Um, like, from a football point of view, I take your point. But from an FBL point, I don't care if he fucks up 50% of his passes, if yeah. the other half are gold chances. Do you think he's expensive at 10.5 million? Yeah, he is. And that's why I went Rashford at the start. And then I dropped down to Greenwood. But yeah. I think he's, it's proven me wrong now. He's... 
whatever it is, two, three penalties or two penalties and a goal after missing the other penalty. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe I can just sneak in Rashford, but Greenwood is just backfiring so much. Oh, God. Okay. So next question comes in from another good friend of the show, uh, FPL Uncorked. Uh, Ireland's number one from two years ago, Kirks. Number one, what? FPL player. Oh, probably. 28 or 26 in the world. Sure. I think, man. I think we've already said it's, it's 100% luck, didn't we? Oh, pure luck. But just show that man some respect, Kirks. <laughs> so his question is who is the best forward for the next two game weeks for less than 6.6 million in your elite in your elite opinions so I don't know if he really means that but we'll answer the very, question anyway that was very specific what was the price point <laughs> so for less than 6.6 million in the next two game weeks so he's looking for an attacking punt um, I'll answer anyway because Kirk's unlike you I've prepared a little bit on this uh, go on um, it's not that I prepared. I had it in my head anyway, but uh, he said less than 6.6. Do you think he means 6.6 or under? Uh, hopefully, because that's Mopay, isn't it? Yeah, because like if you were going to, if you wanted 6.5, why wouldn't you say for 6.5? Then there'd be Wilson. Yeah, I'd go <laughs> Neil Mopay, 6.6 million. He's four goals, one assist this season. He plays West Brom at home, Tottenham away in the next two game weeks. West Brom at home is possibly the best game of the season. I think uh, Fulham have started performing even slightly better than them. Tottenham away is nothing to fear, as West Ham showed just in the last game week. Yeah. Um, anybody can score against Tottenham. Mope, his underlying stats are up there with the best of them. So 31 penalty touches this season, which is second. 18 shots, 13 in the box. He's second for big chances among forwards under 7 million. His XGI is 4.61, which is first for all forwards under 7 million, and it's second for all forwards. So he's only behind Kane, who is like, is he double his price? Probably more. Who knows? Yeah, double the price, half the points. Uh, Mopé's been a bit of a sneaky one because I think he scored two penalties, which will, will bump his stats up a lot. But I do like him. He's very busy. Brighton are very a very attacking team this year. He's he's nailed on. There was worry last season that Glenn Murray might get minutes off him, but like there's nobody to take his place. <laughs> Glenn Murray No, he's gone. Surely he's he's gone. he's gone to a championship team. I can't remember. I want to say Watford, but I don't know. Wow, um, Murray and Deeney. Is Deeney Siller? I don't know. To That's some some front two. Uh, yeah, Neil Mopé. I think I just like I really like both those fixtures and. Even Tottenham away, I think, is quite good for him. Yeah. I, but, I, like we said earlier, Brighton are a weird team. They're playing very well, like really well. Um, yeah. And expected points, they're top of, one of the top six teams, I think. Just they can't seem to get the goal when they need the goal. Um, my pick for two weeks, and that's the catch, isn't it? Two weeks? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mitrovic. Okay. <laughs> Mitrovic is playing, I think I said earlier on, Crystal Palace and West Brom at home. So two home mm-hmm. games back to back. He missed a penalty and he missed two sitters uh, from a, a good cross. Lookman is playing out of his skin and Loftus-Cheek is going to come in. I just think that's going to give him chances to score. And if I had the ability to make a transfer like that, I, I think I'd go Mitrovic. I still think he'd be on penalties because like, he hit the bar. It's not like he blundered a penalty. 
No, I, I think he, he's the main striker. He's the main guy for them. I, I, I guess he'd stay on them. But even without the penalties, like he's always getting on the end of crosses and he's their main man in terms of uh, getting goals. So just with the two fixtures they have and they've they've picked up their game a lot and some really nice <laughs> findings like that have bolstered for them uh, from an attacking point of view. Yeah, Mitrovic. Yeah. Uh, there's another two options that I'm... I'm not committing to, so I won't talk about them too long, but you mentioned Wilson. Uh, I think he's kind of first or second in all of the stats for forwards under 7 million. He's top for big chances. He always is. like He always gets so many big chances. His problem is he misses quite a few of them. Um, I don't like his fixtures, though. Newcastle play Wolves, Everton, Southampton, Chelsea. They're quite tricky. Kind of breaks my heart, this one, but like Ollie Watkins... I think fixtures-wise, he plays two home matches. So he plays Leeds at home and Southampton at home. Um, he's obviously coming off the back of a hat-trick against Liverpool. How did he get on against Leicester? I thought that Leicester game was a bit of a damn squib. He's a, he's a real solid goal scorer in the Championship. But like Premier League-wise, I think he's still quite unknown. He's six million now, which might be cheap. In the Leicester game, he had one shot in the whole match. Um, it was a bit of a good game though wasn't it it was real nil all like until the Barkley goal yeah Leeds are a weird team like Leeds I think lack a goal threat but they'll kind of they'll have more possession and they'll run the legs off most teams I'm looking forward to that game actually it'd be interesting to see what the other teams think of each other you know like do Leeds think that Villa are now a place to go to get points or do they think four out of four wins you know they're we're coming up there, chap. They already have a a, le- a year under their belt. Uh, be interesting to see what they uh, think they can get out of it. Yeah, and it's on a Friday night, so we we'll move on to the next question. But uh, summarize that, Keen. Uh, Kirk's has gone for Mitrovic. I'm going for Mope if I'm allowed six point six million. If not, I'd probably go for Watkins. I did really consider Mitrovic, and then I thought, I don't know. I Why? can't. Bring, <laughs> I can't bring myself to recommend a Fulham forward on an FPL podcast. Hey, I did it. I can see where you're going. Yeah. Um, next question comes in from FPL Ferry. We answered his question last week and then cut it. So near the top of the list, but good friend of the show, Kirks. Um, oh, question. I'm trying to find it now. Best defenders under five and a half million for the next while, in your elite opinion. I think people are starting to take the piss now, Kirks. That's the second <laughs> question that I said elite. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that, well, at least you've pulled yourself way back up, like a top half million now. Jesus Christ, where am I? Am I even two and a half million or something? Doesn't matter, Kirks. We have elite elite, opinion, my whole. We have elite mentalities. So, best defenders under five and a half million for the next while. Like, the next while is very vague, but. Um, uh, Villa? Yep. Leeds, maybe. What what are Leeds fixtures? Okay. Um, I I agree with Villa. West Ham after the two next games. So, like, if you're considering maybe <laughs> a, a game week seven or eight transfer, okay, uh, I'm, I might get a West Ham player in. I'm trying to look at the fixtures now because. All right, I'll talk while you're looking because I've. Caveating uh, re- it. How many I've weeks re- are we talking? Five? The next Six. while. Yeah, let's go five. I've written down Villa, West Ham, and Wolves. Um, I'll start with Wolves. Wolves play Newcastle at home, Palace at home. Leicester away and I think Southampton at home I think they've three home games in the next yeah, yeah, four that's right yeah um, they've kept three clean sheets in their first five games even against Leeds yesterday I thought Leeds kind of 
overran them in the first half and just Wolves are quite you know, they're quite yeah, resolute and comfortable about them. Like they have their their system and they just won't ever change, but they they have it down to a T. Yeah, they um, really pass it, they'll trade it back. Yeah, they've conceded seven goals in the first five game weeks. And like that mightn't sound amazing, but when you think this is the season of absolute kind of goal mayhem, that's not terrible. Yeah, Liverpool conceded seven in one game. Yeah, so who do you pick from Wolves? I think you could pick any of them, really. Uh, my favourite would be Sice, even though I'm not 100% that he's nailed. I think he should be, but he played left wing back the last game oh did he and Kilman played center half Kilman played center half Kilman got man of the match um it's between Kilman Sice and uh your man Marsal I think two go into three positions Kilman's interested because he's cheap he's four million yeah like that's worth maybe a little punt just on the price yeah I wouldn't recommend Semedo he's five and a half million I don't think he offers anything. No, I don't think he's... He's not a Doherty and you can get better in that back line. Yeah, like Sice even, I think attacking-wise, he's Wolves' best player. He's had more touches in the box, more shots. He's actually got a goal this season. And he scored He scored a goal I didn't think he had in his locker last night, which was the, ruled the out. Back. Yeah. It was, was that a, offside? I didn't see the replay, but... Yeah, Pedence was offside, but like it's such a lovely volley. So I'd, I'd take a chance on Sice. You did take um, a chance on Sice. Oh no, yeah, I did, but uh, I still think there's more chance of Kilman being dropped than him. But uh, yeah, I think definitely. Kilman and Sice are going to play. I think Marcel won't play. Interesting. He's a back from injury, but yeah, yeah. I don't think Cody is an FPL option, even though he's not. He's there. He's so yeah, cheaper. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, I Wolves are top of my list, and um, Villa are next. Do you want to talk about Villa? Um, I don't know. Sure, why not? I love Villa. Um, <laughs> just, I suppose they got, if you're talking about the next five games, they got Leeds, Southampton, then it's Arsenal, but then it's Brighton. So they got Leeds, Southampton, Brighton at home. Um, they're like, they're actually, a, the first 11 is, is solid. Like, I still expect them to struggle maybe in some of those games. Like, yeah. like, I think I said it last week, I'm really looking forward to the Brighton game, but I suppose this Leeds game is very interesting as well. Like, it, it's, they're, they're teams who play football and I'm just interested to see what they think they can take from those games. Um, the L- Villa leads could be nil all, and the Villa Brighton could be nil all. So the price of the Villa defense is appealing. I wouldn't be like going after them like for attacking returns and stuff, but a Martinez or a Conza or a Target makes perfect sense on at the price. Yeah, I'd definitely be targeting a Villa defender. Not necessarily Matty Target, but uh, they're a bit of a no-brainer, Kirks. Um, setting aside our bias, because we've been just programmed to hate Villa because of certain pal of ours. <laughs> but uh, yeah. when you look at the actual stats, they've conceded five big chances in f- four games, which is the best out of all teams. They've only yeah. conceded two goals this season. Um, both salad four goals two goals two goals yeah both salad then was it yeah they've kept three clean sheets out of four like I, they were a little bit lucky against Leicester like I thought Leicester had the better of it for two goals part of that game but I think your man Martinez is gonna save a load of chances but even their XGC is quite low 
It's it's not like they're madly overperforming. Last season, post restart, their defense was very good, and that was yep. without like on paper they've they've a real settled back forward. If that, I, th- I think that's the benefit. I think that's the positive from it. It's not that they're like the world class. Like people are poaching all these players. It's just settles, and they've made improvements. Like Matty Cash is an improvement. Uh, yeah. Martinez, Martinez is an improvement, and it's just it picks itself now that back five and then Louise in front that there's a bit of consistency there and a bit of like form. So yeah, totally on board with it. If I could get one in They're at cheap. this stage, I would. Yeah. And I def- I'd even go as high as, uh, uh, in- uh, not Ings, Mings. Like even, I think he's 5.1 million. I think he offers a bit of a goal threat. He, he seems to pick up assists like somehow. And <laughs> yeah, I-, I don't know why, but I suppose the only thing that puts me off fella is, this is an unprecedented run. Like they're the only unbeaten team in the entire league. The amount of goals that we're seeing, and they've only conceded two. Like it's it's kind of like that thing, you know, when you you bet on the roulette, and you're kind of going right, black lose, double your bet, black yeah. lose, double your bet. It just feels like that. Like they're getting to a point where they they just can't keep this up. Like results wise, they run into a wall where they got lucky against uh, Sheffield United. They Played against a lesser team with no Ndidi, no Vardy, no Evans, no Sayunchu. No Evans played, did he? Maybe he did. Pereira didn't play. Um, that they just come to the next game and, but maybe they keep going. And that's what I've kind of come to. I think they, last week and this week is they could just keep going. Yeah, and it's not like it's just four games. Like last season, without these reinforcements, they did have quite a good defensive record, and that's under the the utmost of pressure like they were like on the verge of going down and they still kept that kind of defensive line yeah uh, um, and like you said to, they're quite cheap but I have to start taking it on board take it on the chin yeah like, my third team then would be you mentioned them West Ham um, West Ham have had the feckin deathliest of kind of fixture runs the worst possible and they're the third best team for XGC so in the f- the first few games of the season, their XGC is 5.4. They've conceded seven goals, but like only Burnley and Villa have a better XGC than them. I think they're not really conceding big chances. They're not conceding many chances. They've played a lot of the better teams in the league and they have a nice run coming up and they yep. seem to have kind of settled on a system that works for them and that probably will work in the easier fixtures as well. Yeah, I really like it. I, I really like <laughs> you I love like, it, so you do. I do. I, I like the way they've set up. I, I don't know if I'm not any sort of football fucking like you know tactical master, but just I like the way they set up. When you look at it, it makes sense. Like you're, they're playing to their strengths, um, and they're but they're really high in expected goals. They're really low in expected goals conceded. They seem to be like a bit of desire or heart about them, like the yeah. as the Spurs results show. So yeah, I really like them. I think they're set up really well. And then they're quite cheap. You could get in like Masuaku. You could get in Cresswell for 4.9, who takes a lot of set pieces, is creative. Balbuena is starting a lot of games. He got a goal there. He's always been a goal threat. There's options. Um, Cresswell's a good one because he actually is taking a lot of free kicks as well. Yeah. And two of the goals against Spurs came directly from Cresswell uh, free kicks. So I think he set up the Balbuena goal, but he took the free kick that led to the Lanzini goal as well. Yeah. um, yeah, I, I 
really like West Ham. The minute that, that fixture turns after City, I'm probably bringing in Suchek. And if I had the ability, I might even bring in two. Yeah. Any other defensive teams? They were the three on my list. And I just jumped in while you were having a look. No, I, th- I think I said, what did I say? I said Villa, West Ham. Uh, did I say it? You said Wolves. You said Villa, West Ham, yeah. Um, no, I think that we're kind of overlapping there a good bit. Um, I, I'm still looking at Fulham's fixtures and kind of going, I wonder, I wonder. No, you can't bring in any Fulham defenders. So let's move on to the next question. The, the goalkeeper? No. No. I want Larry. Oh, oh, Leeds was Leeds' last team, I said. I can't remember. It was only 10 minutes ago. You can talk about Leeds, but Fulham, no. Um, I, I did say Leeds, and there's a load of options for Leeds. Uh, there's a Dallas, the keeper, Ailing. Like, there's a few there, I think, that are decent price. Uh, Villa away, Leicester at home, Chris Palace away, Arsenal at home, and then Everton away. So maybe the Villa and Crystal Palace games, but Leeds are, are solid enough. Yeah, I don't think Leicester's a tough fixture anymore. It depends who's fit. Like, I mean, they're missing so many players. Yeah. Madison's still not fully fit. Indeedy's huge. Vardy's huge. Sayunchu's huge. Pereira's huge. Mm. But that's that's half their their yeah. their team. Leicester, I think, or not Leicester, Leeds, I think, are one of the best well-drilled teams in the league. They're actually, I really enjoy watching them because they're just, they're nearly robotic, which kind of sounds counterintuitive, like you shouldn't enjoy watching them, but they're just a, a machine the way they play. They have this... Yeah. Bielsa, I really, I really like Bielsa actually. It's it's and interesting to they're watch. They're so fit. Like I was saying to some of the lads on Twitter there yesterday, I brought in Dallas on my wild card, so I was keeping a keen eye watching the game yesterday. He's just so fit. Like he just every other minute he's sprinting. Like Dallas is, is a bit all action though, isn't he? Like he's a midfielder, he's a striker, he's a defender, he's a centre midfielder. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get that many attacking returns, but the fact that he's a defender in the game. Yeah, I I, I just. <laughs> You're going to kill me for this. I'm just going to say Fulham again, right? Fulham have the largest differential XG. Um, I think who has, I think Brighton, Brighton and Fulham. Like uh, Fulham have conceded 12 goals, expected it conceded was eight. And they've got a couple of nice fixtures coming up. I, I know it sounds absolutely mental. And I know I've been slating Fulham for this podcast for the last couple of weeks. I do think they'll get results for the next the next two games okay Kirks so uh, your answer to the question about forwards to bring in was a Fulham forward and now your answer about defenders is a Fulham defender in the short term those two home games next I really I really like them what has Scotty Parker got on you that I don't know about uh, Loftus Cheek and Luckman <laughs> Okay, so I actually I just love Loftus Cheek. I think that's actually what's what swung it. I hated Fulham, and I would love Fulham. Okay, so the next question we will look at comes in from Alan Duggan, another good friend of the show who has a lot of questions tonight. Why is everyone ignoring Jorginho? Um, I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> Takes penalties. Uh. Might play it next game. At the start of the season, I really didn't think he was going to be nailed on. Um, Kovacic is injured, though, or was injured, wasn't he? He was. He's not. He hasn't been for the last few games. But there was a bit of a stigma about Jorginho that he was like a Sari's little plaything. 
a sideways merchant, if you ask me. Yeah, that he was just, he was brought in from, you know, he played at Napoli with Sarri. He is an exponent of Sarri balls. You know, he's like that quarterback. He only plays that one way. And then Sarri came to Chelsea and brought him with him and he played that way. But I think Jorginho is a bit better than that. I think he is actually quite a good deep lying playmaker. He is a good player, and he actually he has a real nice pass on him, like for that true ball. But if you had to pick two midfielders to play, like assuming Havertz plays in Havertz <coughs> plays in that number ten, so it's three mid, three man midfield and Havertz at the at the the number ten, and you had to pick two behind him. I don't know about you, but like I'm going Kante definitely, and I'm going Kovacic. I think we like, both have a thing for Kovacic, though. Kovacic is deadly. Like I've never seen a man like bring a ball out of midfield as much as he does. Like, just gets the ball and just drives forward and keeps it. Like, he's yeah. for a, like a, an aggressive kind of, you know, midfield player. He's really good with the ball at his feet, like, moving with he, it. He's a great ball carrier and he breaks lines. He's kind of like a rugby centre, Kirks. Yeah. I I know what you mean. I don't know what centre means, but I know what you're <laughs> trying to imply. Oh, yeah. It's like you said, if you were to pick a tree, I, I would be Kante- Kovacic and then either like Havertz or Mount or one of those guys a bit more of an attacking player but we can only go on the evidence we have and uh, Jorginho has started four out of five games yeah do you think yeah. he is kind of in there with Frank and while it's... he is he is the penalty taker like he scored three goals he's got two assists in five games that's fucking mental Kirks for a five million midfielder he's 5.2 now yeah, you just I, take that chance. You could take that chance, and as long like, as you're able to live with the fact that he might be dropped in the next game. But yeah, but you and I are talking up the likes of Susek, who like has all the touches in the box, has loads of shots, but like he's no returns. Jorginho yes, mightn't yes. play the next game. <laughs> uh, I, don't I don't know. know. To be honest, maybe it's just blinkers. Um, I, I might even talk about bringing Susek in myself. I'm not not even considering Jorginho. I don't know. Maybe and I wouldn't, but blinkers. Now that I think about it, maybe I should. All right, maybe we shouldn't be answering these questions. Maybe we should be reading these questions and then changing our own decisions. Now, I think we've kind of bigged them up there. Well, I've bigged them up and said what he can bring to the table. I just don't know if he's guaranteed a spot every week. Um, Do I need? But does he need to be guaranteed a spot every week at 5.2 million? And on penalties. And like... He's a little bit more than that. His assist for Werner there the other day was quite good. Oh no, he does have a like a, a good pass on him from like a midfield deep midfield position. Like his Sari role was like that was his kind of get the ball, play the ball. So yeah, I think I think Alan Duggan knows exactly what he's getting into if he brings in Jorginho, and we've both kind of talked about it there. He's not for me, but I can see it. Yeah, uh, I, I could talk delve into it but yeah at the moment not even on the radar yeah next question comes in from alan duggan again which one of you is going to tell me that it's okay to go without spurs cover kirks would be my preference I, so, I, over I, to you kirks i would love to say don't go spurs cover but i have bottled it <laughs> and i've now sold kdb for sun you've actually brought in sun for kdb you've bottled it bottled it just can't do it out I think the fixtures still are, are decent enough, so no fuck that. I'm not going without. So fuck you it. can't you can't reassure Alan that it's okay to go without. Alan, I've lost all mojo. I am now 
chasing people and copying people from weeks behind. I'm not the person to be asking. Okay. And then part C of his question is, or should I bite the bullet and get rid of Sterling for Sun? I don't know if I'd get Ooh. rid of Sterling for him. Oh no, that's different to my that's different to my problem. I'd KDB oh. who didn't play and mightn't play the next game and they're playing against Chelsea and like you know, will he come back fit? Ooh, if I had Sterling. Sterling plays West Ham, Sheffield United. Yeah, I mean, that's a nice little differential, isn't it? Yeah, and Aguero is back. I think Sterling plays better out left with a forward. KDB might be back in the next game or two. I I don't think I'd... I think there's an opportunity cost there with getting rid of Sterling that I'm not sure I'm happy with. Yeah, no, it's it's different to getting rid of KDB, definitely. Um, like I would Ster- like to be able to keep a differential uh, rather than go to Spurs. Yeah. Like Sterling is an explosive FPL asset. Do you ever get rid of an explosive FPL asset for another one? You, well, I suppose the risk is, can you live with yourself if you get rid of Sterling and he, he, he hauls and Son does nothing? I mean, that's the worst feeling, I think. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have Sterling and take the risk and kind of take in the plaudits when it happens, but selling him and like losing the mm. points, I think that just sticks with you. Neither player takes penalties. I think City are a better team than Spurs. I don't think I'd do it. I don't think I'd do it either. Okay. But I'm not I'm not married to that idea either. No, Spurs playing very well. Um City maybe going down the resolution <laughs> path rather than the explosive path. But I don't know. I'd like to have that option. I'd rather much rather Sterling, obviously. In my team than KDB, I might not have made the same the same substitution. Yeah, Sterling just always seems like he's a, a game or two away from a hat trick. Yeah, his next his next goal will be followed by a hat trick, won't it? Yeah, he's one of those guys. Um, next question comes in from FPL Drunk, another good friend of the show. It's like we only have friends, Kirks. Only friends, friendliest yeah, so people I know. FPL Drunk, Seamus. And I like this question because it's more of a football question and it's kind of what you talk about a lot. So based on what you've seen so far this season, who will be the bottom four teams? So far this season, it's West Brom, Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley. I'm definitely with you on three of them. Uh, Fulham, Sheffield United, West Brom at the minute. Uh I don't know about four. Like I think those four are the bottom four at the minute, and I think quality wise they're a little bit cut adrift. They are because like they're struggling to score goals. Like Brighton are sixteenth on four points, but they're still got a lot more quality than all of them. United are like fifteenth. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and like that's after the Newcastle result, which is crazy. Do you not think Sean Dyche, like Burnley, have had slow starts to seasons and they've got out of it? Yeah, and actually their XGC is still very good. Um, yeah. They're not conceding goals. They just can't seem to score. It's the same as Sheffield United. They just can't seem to score. <coughs> um, but like maybe what you're saying going forward, it levels out, people start getting clean sheets and suddenly Burnley and Sheffield United are picking up one nil wins. Like it goes back to what I was saying maybe last week, week before, like why I thought Villa were still relegation fodder. Like I always expect Dyche to get that Burnley team up and running with one nils and like, you know, hard to beat. 
yeah. and just grinding at results and slowly going up the league. And like that's why I always thought Villa were going to be down there because those type of teams like Sheffield United and Burnley will always just grind out. But at the moment, I can't see it. Like the last two weeks, more information's coming in. You're watching more of these games. And geez, they want to turn around fairly quickly. I think you could be right. I can't just looking at the table, like I think West Brom, Fulham, Sheffield United. I struggled to see Burnley getting relegated, but I don't see who's going to get relegated ahead of them. Like Palace already are six points clear of them. Um, Newcastle, Newcastle are six points clear of them. Villa are miles ahead of them. Leeds are newly promoted team are six points clear of them. West Ham have had the the worst run of all runs are six points clear of them. Do you know what kind of way? Yeah, no, it, it, it's crazy to be saying after four or five game weeks that six points is, oh, you're dead or okay. But for a team who probably will only get four or five wins in the whole season, that's a large amount of points to claw back. <laughs> Do you think the bottom five are West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield United, Fulham and Brighton? I think Brighton could be what we said. They'll yeah. just play nice football and get dragged into it. Yeah, I really hope they don't. They're actually playing great football. I mean, they mm-hmm. should have gotten that Chelsea results and it was the United game as well. I just They actually are great football team, but they're going to get dragged into it. And then they're going to, you know, that kind of like mentality of like, we need something. Like we need a clean sheet. We need a point. And they yeah. start playing differently. And then they can't. And then they start losing more games and it just compounds onto itself. Mm-hmm. Or, but I really hope they don't. I actually really enjoy watching them. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on those bottom four, and I'm surprised. I think it's, that's it. I'm actually terrified of not answering the question because we got a lot of abuse this week. We did right. genuinely answer everything last week. and I've said over. that. We, we always we do. We had a two-hour pod last week. Right. We may as well answer I'm the final three questions who come in from Willie. What do I do with Podence? Keep him. He's cheap. Sell him as. I'd keep Podence as well. He's cheap. He plays Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Leicester, Southampton. None of the alternatives really jump out at me. Exactly. You can swap him, Jimmy, to um, DCL. (coughs) You can't really swap Potence anybody. And like Potence played well last night. He just got hauled off after 60 minutes. Probably the best player after six minutes. And he would have got the assist for a size goal. Was he the cutback? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, Willie's second question. Do I keep my pool double defense? I'd keep one. I wouldn't keep double. I'd keep one, I would keep double. Okay. Um, I think just to further on that, Kirks, people are talking about the Liverpool defense as if they've turned into Fulham. Like they still have uh Robertson, Trent. I like Matip. Gomez. I, know. I don't Matip. know if, what you think, but I think Matip is actually a quality defender. Yeah, and possibly um, uh Fabinho coming in if he has to. Like they're still one of the best defenses in the league. And I think Allison is nearly a bigger loss than Van Dyke. So when he comes back in, happy days. He's back end of the month. Yeah. My my Onikin's problem with the Liverpool defence, and as a Liverpool fan, maybe I just see it a bit more, but Matip is a quality defender, <coughs> but he's not an aggressive defender. Okay. Which is why he needs a Van Dijk beside him. Who's going to win the 50-50s in the air? But Matip with the ball, like if you look at the numbers, he's got more interceptions. He brings the ball further. He's as good as in the opposition box as, as Van Dijk is. He's just not aggressive enough. Yeah. And him and Gomez together is a bit weedy, as in like I could see them conceding from corners and free kicks a lot more. But with the ball, he's he's probably their best um, best defender. Yeah, Liverpool will still keep clean sheets, I think. 
Oh, at home, definitely. I, yeah. Maybe at way, away, they maybe just leak that one or two extra. Especially Allison, when it's... Allison's yeah. huge. Especially when it settles down. Um, oh, actually, I missed a question there from a, a proper guy, not one of our friends. FPL Rossi. No, he is one of our friends, but not one of our real friends like Willie is what I mean. <laughs> uh, best captain pick for game week six, Salah, Mane or Kane? I'm leaning towards Salah or Mane because of the home fixture. I think Salah all day long. I'm Salah. Um, I always feel like... Manny's a great pick, but I always feel like it's one or the other. I don't want both. And yeah. my prefer- preference is always Salah. Has the penalties slightly That's better at home? I think they're both good options. Uh, I own Salah and Kane, and I'm Gonzalo. I don't have Manny, but. Um, I only own Salah, but I would have Salah or Manny in my team, and I would captain whoever I have. I would never have both. Okay. And the final question. Comes in from one of our actual friends, but not a friend of the show, Fenton <laughs> Donnelly, Barkley, Pulisic, or Igor. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you're a Barkley fan, aren't you? I am, but I'm a bigger Pulisic fan. But you're like, you're talking between a 5.9 and an 8.5 million player. And Finty just wanted to mention Igor, who I'm not even going to feckin' elaborate on. <laughs> he, d- he doesn't care about the answer to that question. Well, what if he did? Right, so bring it back to Pulisic and Barkley. <laughs> Pulisic all day long. Yeah. He uh, didn't look great on his comeback, but he's been injured for ages. But like the end of last season, he looked amazing. Um, he's going to be nailed on in that Chelsea team. He's one of their best attacking players. And I think it'll be a lot better for him being back. Like he'll knit it all together. He's direct. He'll score goals. He gets this Pulisic baby. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I, I, Barkley's fine as a punt. Like if he's your fourth, fifth midfielder, and you're like, I'm gonna take a chance on this guy. He's he's got a bit about him, but yeah. like there is a bit of luck involved with that goal the last day to the point where it's fine to pick him, but I wouldn't be relying on him. Where Pulisic, I would be expecting more returns all the time. Yeah, but. Going to head, I'd pick Igor. He's <laughs> pretty good. Igor all day long. Um, anyway, that brings us to the end of the questions. If we didn't answer them all, it turns out that listeners will now start calling you out. Um, what happens if we get like 100 questions next week? You just got to keep answering them, Kirks. But I think like it's a privilege to have your question answered on an elite podcast such as this. Like it's Why not people, Yeah, people saying elite just so we answer the question. I think it's kind of winding us up because I always say that we're elite. No. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's creating a bond between us and our listeners, Kirks, even if it's them slagging us. We are elite. Where's little Luke Farrell? Not a question from him. Oh my God, he's abandoned us. (laughs) Best best friend of the show. Last week he's like, these two fuckers are like 2 million plus. Good luck. Yeah, we'll leave it there. To the best, the best of my questions. knowledge, we've answered all the questions. We've covered all the game weeks. We've talked about our weeks. And um, maybe next week we'll talk about how people are doing in the Renegades League. We'll talk about Willie and all that. But for now, we got to wrap it up. So good luck with I, the editing, pal. Yeah, I know. It's our first remote podcast. It could be a mess. But uh, if you do enjoy what we do, check us out on the FPL Renegades podcast it's at Renegades FPL tell all the people and all of that jazz not even going to elaborate on it now you know the deal feckin retweet it give us five star reviews on Bevo 
anything that helps us keep producing this podcast add me to linkedin and send me an innovative idea for a business adventure so i have been kirks this has been drew over here we do appreciate you listening hey everybody it's me drew good luck and good night